You are the rock that will not fall. You are the God above us all. Oh Lord, you are Emmanuel. You are Messiah who has come. You are the long-awaited one. Oh Lord, you are Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Among us and within us, Emmanuel. Turn to freely came to overcome our evil. Dwell among your people, Emmanuel. We praise your name. Rejoice! You are the bright and morning star. You are the healer of our hearts. Oh Lord, you are Emmanuel. You are the song the angels sing. You are the mighty King of Kings. You are Emmanuel, Emmanuel. Among us and within us, Emmanuel. To earth we freely came, overcome our evil. To dwell among your people, Emmanuel. Christmas. Thank you very much. Welcome to Daybreak. My name is Rick. I'm one of the pastors, and we're glad that you're here tonight and glad that you're here to celebrate and worship with us. And it's just a different kind of day. You know, Christmas and Christmas Eve falls on a different day uh, each year, and you kind of have to adjust to it. And I was just looking around at all the men with their phones out, checking the football scores. So here's what we're going to do tonight. I thought about this. Men, you all get one time in the service tonight where you're allowed to slide that thing out and check the score. It's just an hour, though. You can, you can get through. Get one time tonight. No, we're just glad you're here. Uh, even with a lot of football on today that you've chosen to come and spend Christmas Eve and worship with us. And I know this is a, uh, actually 
part three in a series uh, that we've been doing called When Suddenly. When Suddenly, and tonight is, uh, we're going to talk about when God steps into your life. And I know if you open up your heart to God, he's going to say some amazing, amazing things. And I hope this is a really meaningful hour in your Christmas season tonight. Well, just a few opportunities for you if you're new to Daybreak. We always like to keep you up to date on some of the different opportunities that we have uh, for you to take a next step in your relationship with Christ. Uh, First one, tonight uh, is the last night of something we've been doing for the whole month of December, and that's called Global Giving. And in your program tonight, there's a whole lot of different ways that you're able to give a gift in someone else's name uh, to bless one of our global partners around the world or even a couple uh, things locally. You can see all that information. It's in the blue sheet, I believe, that's inside your worship guide tonight. But if you've not gotten all your Christmas gifts, this is a great opportunity uh, for you to stop out at Ministry Central after the service and you could just say, hey, I'd like to give a gift of X amount. And then you can give that actually in someone else's name. So tomorrow morning, you can take that little card that you'll get and give it to another family member and say, hey, in your name, we gave this amount to this uh, particular need around the world. It's just a great way to give a gift uh, to someone who's hard to give a gift to. You have those people in your life, people who have everything they could possibly need, and just a way to bless someone else in their name. I know we did it with our kids the other night. Um, They're all, uh, I have to go out and get global giving tonight because each of them had $10 that they were going to give to somewhere in the world. Just a great way for you to bless uh, someone else in the world in someone's name. So you can take advantage of that tonight. Also, I want to let you know that our service times, because of the way the holidays have fallen, uh, Christmas and New Year's on a Sunday, are a little bit different. Next Sunday, New Year's Day, uh, John Hendrickson, one of our pastors, has been calling it the hangover service. And I said, that's terrible. Don't ever say that but I just did. New Year's Day, uh, we only have one service on both campuses. Daybreak is one church at two locations. Right now, we have Christmas Eve services happening over at Good Hope Road on the other side of Mechanicsburg off 81. But we're going to have one service on New Year's Day at both campuses at 11 o'clock. And then on January 8th, regular service times will be uh, back in play again, 9 and 11 at both campuses and and both venues here at this campus. Um, I'm sorry, yeah, that'll start on January 8th. We'll have the acoustic venue open again. So as you make plans, uh, even for tomorrow, uh, these are the worship services at Daybreak this weekend. If you come here for worship tomorrow morning, you can stand outside and worship all you want, but there'll be nobody in here. So we just want to let you know that. Hey, uh, we hope that uh, tonight's, uh, like I said, a great night of worship for you. I want to invite you to stand and just look someone in the eye, shake their hand, say Merry Christmas, welcome them to church.
As you make your way back to your seats, would you please stand as we uh, sing this song together? Let's celebrate our Savior's birth. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room, and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing Joy to the earth Joy to the earth The Savior reigns Let men their songs employ Joy to the earth The Savior reigns Let men their songs employ the sounding joy repeat the sounding joy
You can be seated. life is full of surprises, isn't it? Just when you think you have something figured out, life throws you a curveball. We've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks, when suddenly, and looking at the Christmas story where there's different when suddenly things that were happening, you know, when suddenly there was hope where there was no hope, when suddenly when life got hard for Mary and Joseph, when life seemed to be going so well, but in order for God's presence to be ushered into this world, sometimes many of us have to sacrifice so that God's presence can come through us and touch the world. And tonight we're going to talk about when suddenly God shows up someplace unexpected when we talk about the shepherds and what happens to them. I can remember some suddenly stories from my childhood at Christmas time. How many of you remember some of those? When suddenly you got the bicycle you didn't think you were going to get, right? That was awesome. I remember when my parents bought one from the Grant's department store. How many of you remember Grant's? Three of you. Yes, thank you. Yes, we're all turning 50 next year, right? And it was such a cool spider bike. It was, like, it was like kind of this electric green color. It sparkled. Not only did it have one tube coming down the middle, it had three. It had a big sissy bar in the back, which did not mean you were a sissy. It meant you were manly if you had a sissy bar back then. And it was really, really cool. Big banana seat on it. I remember when my great-grandfather came to Christmas the one year. We didn't think he could even walk anymore. He was in his 90s, and he came to Christmas, and he came to Christmas Eve, and he walked in the house, and he reached, he put his cane down, and we thought, oh no, he's going to pass out. And he reached into both of his pockets, and he was just a little guy, and he pulled out quarters. And back then, quarters were worth something. And he just started throwing these quarters up in the air, and we were scrambling for as many. He just loved it. He had a big laugh on his face. It was kind of one of those suddenly moments that we didn't expect. And that's what we have when we look at the story, or the part of the story, that involves the shepherds. There's a suddenly moment when God comes in and kind of does this flash mob thing to the shepherds in the field. Just last year, there was a, a, a YouTube video that was going around. We're going to watch it here in just a moment. And it's one, it just kind of swept the internet last year. And it was a flash mob that showed up in a mall. So God can show up even in malls at Christmas time. Let's watch this one together. 
Well, we've made God too small, and we've tried to make him too predictable. The fact is that God still shows up in ways that are unpredictable, ways that are unseen, and in deep ways in our soul. That's what happened to the shepherds. Listen as I read from the paraphrase called the message of the Holy Scripture. There were sheepherders camping in the neighborhood, and they set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angels stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them, and they were terrified. And the angels said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody, the worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town, a Savior who is Messiah and Master. That is what you are to look for, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. And at once the angel was joined with a huge angelic choir, singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheepherders talked it over. Let's go to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child, and all who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all of these things to herself, holding them dear, deep within herself. And the sheep herders returned, they left loose, glorifying and praising God for everything that they had seen and they had heard. And it turned out exactly as they had been told. God is still full of surprises. I want to talk to you tonight about how we can kind of get ready for, or we can see how those first shepherds dealt with the surprises of God so that we can react the same way they did. They gave us a role model and how to hear God's voice and to follow up on it. And so the first point I want to talk to you about tonight is when God surprises you, look up. When God surprises you, look up. Get your head up. The sheep herders here, if we rewind the tape and we look at what I just read to you, They're out there, they're out in the back 40, they're outside of the village, they're outside of the town. No one's paying much attention to what they're doing. Some scholars have suggested that maybe they were watching these sheep as the sacrifices for the temple. Some other people have said they're just regular sheep herders. We don't know, but we do know this. Nobody was really paying attention to the sheep herders in the back 40 of town. They were the last people that you would think God would come to first and announce that he was sending the Messiah Almighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, God coming in flesh to the earth, come to them who were outsiders, in some ways not really outcasts, but they were outside of the orb of society. They were outside, and they weren't expecting much to happen that evening, but they respond, and the first thing that they do is they learn that they have to look up. It says here not only once but twice in the text of Scripture that they have the bejeebers scared out of them. If you look up the Greek word, it is translated bejeebers. And it happens to them not only once, it says the angel shows up and there's this blazing fire of angel. I mean, not only would have been the sight of the angel, but the heat coming off the angel. And it surprises them. And the glow, you know, the glow around them, all of a sudden they're out in a place where it's dark in the countryside. You ever been out in a dark countryside on a dark, dank night? You can't see anything. All of a sudden, they can see everything. Look how ugly Frank is. I didn't know he was that ugly tonight. 
Look where all the sheep are. Look where all the lion. Look where everything is. Look where the hills are. I didn't know it looked like this out here at night, and I didn't know you looked like that. And they were terrified. And what happened in the text of Scripture, it bears it out for us. When people in that day were terrified, the word in the text does mean this. It means to get down on your face like this in terror. They were in terror. They would have gotten down like this, and they would have put their hands around their head and put their face down because they were terrified. They were scared to death. And the angel says, no, don't be afraid. Look up. Get your head up. When God shows up suddenly at times, we put our heads down because we're scared. We're terrified. Do you ever have a terrifying time at Christmas? I remember at Christmas when I was a kid, one of my cousins didn't like the jack-in-the-box. We talked about the the jack-in-the-box a couple weeks ago. You guys remember what a jack-in-the-box is? Some of you know what it is. Some of you even know the song, All Around the Mulberry Bush, Monkey Chased the Weasel. There's a bunch of different renditions of it. But then Pop goes the weasel. Well, he was scared to death of my jack-in-the-box, so I would just kind of take it around. And he would run and hide underneath what was called, ooh, the deacon's bench. And I would chase him over there, you know, and then later on I'd get spanked for it, but it was a lot of fun. It was worth the spanking. And the, the, the jack-in-the-box was really ugly. You remember those guys? They had like a plastic face on or something. They looked hideous. They looked like the spawn of Satan. I mean, they really were ugly. And that thing would pop out and you'd be like, you go running underneath there, you know? That, that was the shepherds. They were scared to death. They were terrified. And you know, sometimes, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna get him the whole way back and we're just gonna leave him out there. There you go, buddy. Hang out down there by the Nutella. They were scared to death. And you know, even people, there's something inside of us that knows that when we, the unholy people, come into face-to-face encounter with a holy, holy, holy God, that maybe something's going to get shattered. Something's going to change. That is why a lot of people will say this when I invite them to church. Eventually, they'll figure out that I'm a pastor. I try not to give that away right away because then people don't stay near you at the gym or they don't swear around you anymore. They're not real. You know, they start being unreal. I don't like that. I like to be around real people, you know? I like them to be real around me. So it'll take a while, but they'll finally figure out I'm a pastor. At some point, they'll either invite themselves to church because they feel guilty, or I'll invite them to church, you know? And they'll say something like this. Yeah, but if I come to church on Christmas Eve, the roof's gonna cave in. Have you ever heard that one? Why is it that we say that? I think we say it because we know God is holy. I think there's a part of us that does know in the presence of a holy God, I am terrified. I'm terrified that he might have been DVRing my life. And somehow inside of us, we do know that the book of Romans is right, that someday all of us will give an account of our life to God and that he is a holy, 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 awesome, almighty God. We know that somehow. There's a part of us, deep within us, that has a reverence and a fear and awe of God, just like the shepherds did. But then God's voice comes to us and says, fear not. In your reverence, don't hide your face from me. Let me lift your face up and see that I have good news for you, that the holy God will take you, an unholy person, and die on the cross for you to bring you into right relationship with him so that you can look into the face 
of the Almighty Father. And so God shows up and does these unexpected things in our life. And there's times where we're in fear of God, but we need to let him speak the next word and quell our fear. There are times where we need to meet God with shock and awe. We need to know that he is holy, holy, holy. And we, without him, we are not. And we need the sacrifice of the Son and the power of the Spirit. But we need to hear his words so that we get up and we uncurl ourselves and we lift our face back up and look up to God. When is the last time when you felt that you were in the presence of a holy God and you desperately needed the power of his spirit and his messenger to lift you up and say, look up, don't look down. I've got good news for you. I'm showing up in your life and I'm lifting up your head and I'm addressing your sin and your deficit. I'm addressing you. I'm taking care of it. I'm almighty God. There's times, and maybe perhaps tonight you're feeling like, hey, I've been steering clear of God for a while. I've been steering clear of him because he's almighty and I know that I am answerable to him and I'm just not quite ready to review some of the things from my past or some things that are going on right now. But tonight, God has shown up suddenly and he's speaking to you. And you thought you were gonna come to a Christmas Eve service and I was just gonna say nice things about baby Jesus and we were gonna light candles and it was gonna be, and you didn't expect to be challenged tonight, but God is speaking to you. And he's saying to you, I am holy holy, holy, and you are other than that. But there's good news. I've sacrificed my son on the cross for you so that even tonight you can be drawn in to a right relationship with me. Maybe tonight God is speaking to you. Maybe suddenly you sat down and all of a sudden he's speaking through his word to your spirit. And you know that tonight, you shouldn't keep steering clear of him. The shepherds were terrified, but the angel lifted them back up. And he said, look up. When God shows up suddenly, look at him. They were terrified, willing to turn away. But when it comes to God surprising you, are you looking up or are you looking down tonight? Are you willing to let him just lift you up and look up and consider that the holy God can erase your past and erase your sin and set you on a new course and a new trajectory for the rest of your life. The shepherds were, and so they looked up. The second thing we learn from the shepherds is this. When God surprises you, follow up. Follow up. Don't just look up, follow up. It says that they, when they heard and, and the angels came on the scene and, and then talked to them, they, they stopped and they talked it over. They kind of had this counsel. You know, when something like that happens, you're probably in shock and awe for a while, but then the angels tell them, you know, Christ has come. The Messiah has come. And they probably were Jewish, and so they knew something of the Messiah. They knew something that, of God's kingdom coming, and they'd been living under the rule of Roman Empire, and so they were like, God's kingdom's coming. This is awesome. They probably didn't know everything about the Messiah, but they knew that. And so they began to discuss what should we do next. And they said, well, let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can. 
and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They followed up. They didn't just look up and hear God's voice. They followed up on what God had told them. They took the next step. And so when God showed up, they looked up, but that wasn't enough for them. Then they followed up, and they set out on a quest, on a journey that would change them for a lifetime. See what it says here in Scripture? It says that they said, let's go to Bethlehem as fast as we can. God has spoken to us. And when God speaks, we can have two responses. We can say, wow, God spoke. We can come into worship on a night like tonight and say, God spoke to me. Wasn't that great? We had a good time at church, and we write that off, and we check the box, and we go home. Or we can hear God's voice, and we can follow up on it. We can put our faith and our trust in him. We can take that next step and we can say, that Christmas Eve was unlike any other when I heard God's voice and I followed up. And I got on a quest. I got on a journey. I started to hear God's voice and say, what do you want next? Where do you want me to go next? Where are you leading next? I'm following you. The shepherds followed up. They said, let's get to Bethlehem as fast as we possibly can. You know where most people fail in life? In their job, in their relationships. You know where most people fail? Follow up, right? Follow up. Most people fail to follow up. That's why we get in trouble in our job. We kind of get the project done, but not totally. Then we get called to task on that because we get another, you know, project going. Another thing happened. That's why we get in trouble, guys, at home, because we almost get the landscaping done outside, but we never quite finish it. We don't follow up. We we get the lights started, but we didn't get around all four windows out front, just three. Three out of four ain't bad. As a matter of fact, Meatloaf used to sing two out of three ain't bad. (laughs) Where do we fail most often, including myself? It's follow up, right? In the next seven days, in seven days, what will most of us do? Most of us will make a resolution. Some resolution, right? New Year's coming. Why is it that close to 90% of us will not keep that resolution? Did you know that? You did. Because most of you don't keep your resolutions most years. You know, the third week in, you forgot about it. The first week in, you're... You're sold, lock, stock, and barrel. Second week, it's a faint memory. Third week, I don't even remember what I said on New Year's Day. Right? It's kind of like these two plates up here. You know, it's New Year's Day. I'm going to take these cookies, and I'm going to cash them in. What? For what? This stock of celery. <laughs> oh, yummy, yummy, yummy. The first week, we really stick with it. The second week, we get weak. And what do we do? We, we pull out the new peanut butter. It's called Nutella. And we smear some of that on, and by the third or fourth week, you know, we're just reckless abandon again. Little Debbie snack and cakes are all wrappers are all over the place. Things have gone awry, because we're not that great at follow-up, are we? We do the same things in our spiritual life. Sometimes we just fall down on following up. We just miss it. You know, we just did a series in our church about diving beneath, and we talked about seven healing pathways in our life to emotionally and healthy spirituality, knowing yourself that you can know God, going back to go forward, journeying through the wall, enlarging your soul through grief and loss, 
discovering the rhythms of daily office and Sabbath time with God, growing into an emotionally mature adult and developing a rule of life with the seven pathways. Which pathway? If you were part of that series, there's probably at least one of them that God's telling you, follow up on that this year. Follow up. Don't just look up. Follow up. Engage in the life-changing journey with Jesus Christ. Maybe tonight you're sitting here and God's speaking to you and you need to follow up on what he has said to you tonight. I want to ask you tonight, are you running after God or are you running from God? There's usually no in-between. We think there's some stagnant in-between place. There isn't. We're either running to him or we're running away from him. And if God's been speaking to you tonight, You need to make the choice. Is it just going to be a cathartic time on Christmas Eve, or is it going to be a time that you follow up on, and it changes your life forever? Well, when God surprises you, the third thing I see with the shepherds is this. When God surprises you, speak up. Don't just look up. Don't just follow up. You need to speak up says in the text of scripture that they told everyone that they met what the angels had said about this child. And all who heard the sheep herders were impressed. It says that the sheep herders, when they returned to the field, they let loose. If you thought it was a flash mob before with the angels, they were just partying out in the back 40. Yeehaw! They couldn't keep it inside themselves. They looked up And they saw the presence of God, blazing in fire. Holy God, send his messenger to them. Then they follow up, and they see that what God says is true. And you know why most of us, most of us don't believe that God keeps his word? Because we don't follow up on his word. God follows up on his word, but we often don't. Follow up on his word. Can I admonish you tonight? Follow up on his word. Whatever he's speaking to you, follow up on it. He keeps his promises. When you hear his word tonight, follow up on it. Follow up on it. And so God's speaking to them, and they start to speak out his truth. They are intrigued with this. And the thing that's become an inward journey with them, they've heard God's verse, voice. They journey to Bethlehem. It's all kind of inward, 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 inward. And it's stirring and stirring. God's voice is moving them. Things are happening. All of a sudden, that inward journey becomes an outward proclamation. And they can't hold it in anymore. It says they're telling everybody that they meet and everybody that know. They're just spreading the word everywhere. They're saying this. The God who is holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, the God of the universe is also a God who is personal. They're saying this. They're saying the God who is great is also good. The God who is above us and beyond us also comes down to us. The God who is also powerful is personal. They're saying what a little prayer said that I used to say when I was a kid. Many of you know it, and you said it too, around the supper table. God is great, and God is good, right? Let us thank him for our food. By his hands we all are fed. Thank you for my daily bread. Amen. It's a a short, simple little prayer, but it's profound. God is not only great, but God is good to me. 
And then I take the step and I thank him for the food that it provides for all of us and for me, my daily bread. Walking with him, hearing his voice, knowing his presence, following his lead, following his guidance, that is daily bread too. And they were saying this, the everlasting father has shown up. And he's manifesting himself through the five little fingers of God in a manger. And he's asked us to be his megaphone to tell that he is here. I want to ask you, when's the last time that you spoke up for God? Not out of guilt, not out of shame, not out of you had better, not because the pastor asked you that from up front, just because you were so exuberant about what God was doing in your life that you were just jacked. You were like, God is just blowing my socks off. I gotta tell somebody about this. Last weekend, we baptized 14 people who have made a commitment to Christ and then baptism is an outward sign of an inward spiritual transformation that's already taken place in their life. But baptism is showing you, I've been transformed and I'm part of the family of God. And we listened to their stories and we baptized them here and at Good Hope Road. 14 people. One of them, Frances, we want to show you just part of her story because Frances is a lady that when you meet her, she is infectious with God's love and God's goodness and grace. I want you to listen what Frances had to say in her video right before she got baptized last week about speaking out about God's love. I've always been a talkative person, and I've always been a happy person, but there was something always missing. And, and now that um, I've made the commitment, um, I can't stop talking about Jesus and all the good things. I go back to work and I can recite the Sunday sermon. Um, it's made me aware of how good he's been to me all of my life, not just three years ago when I walked in, but all of my life. He's been there for me. He's pulled me out of messes, and he's always provided for me and my kids. Um, always. He's never let me down. Look up. Follow up and speak up. It's Christmas. What are the chances, if you're a Christian in this room tonight, that God's going to give you the opportunity to share his love? It's Christmas. About 100%. That he's going to give you the opportunity to share your story so you can share his story so somebody else can come across the line of faith. Fear not if God calls upon you to do that in the next 24 hours. And just know that it's not about you. It's about him. So freely share, freely point people to the cross and speak up. Speak of his goodness, speak of his love, speak of his greatness, speak of his kindness, speak of his intricate care, speak of his challenge. At our church, we have a vision, and our vision is this. We want to help people discover a life-changing journey with Jesus Christ. 
And so tonight, at both campuses, we've prepared worship services. Worship services are just a way to set the table. They're a way to vacuum God's living room, so to speak, and spiritually in some ways, to turn on his stereo and listen to some music with God, to have you come in and enjoy a cup of coffee with the Lord, to come in with God's other children and sit in his living room and begin to get to know who God is in his living room. That is why we have planned these services tonight for a simple, simple reason is to invite all of you to come into God's living room and to get to know him better and learn that he loves you and learn how to love him more. It's a very simple reason for having and doing what we're doing tonight. And so I ask you tonight, is God peeling through the fog of this Christmas season? Is he speaking to you? Is he waking up your soul tonight? Is he rattling your cage? Is he doing a when suddenly moment for you? How will you react to God's surprises tonight? Will you look up, follow up? Will you speak up? The choice is yours. God's speaking. You're not here tonight by accident. He's led you here. He got you to sit down long enough to hear his voice clearly and suddenly. What will your response be? Respond to him right now as we talk to him in prayer. God of surprises, come tonight and rock our world. Many of us here came to worship you because sometime in our past we confessed you as the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our lives. But at some point we started making you too predictable in our minds. We need to be open to your surprising presence tonight. And so, Lord, for those of us who call ourselves your children, surprise us tonight. Show up tonight. Use situations and circumstances to rattle us and wake us to your presence in our lives. Lord, there's also many of us have come here with some fear of what might happen if we ever did come into the presence of you, the living God. Some sense we've been terrified to think what you might surprise us with. Tonight, some of us have been strangely surprised that you came to us not with fear but with good news. The good news that our trespasses against you and others can be forgiven if we come clean and confess you as the forgiver of our sins and the leader of our life. And so we do that right now. If you need to do that, lift that up to him right now. Confess your sin. Ask him to lead your life. And so, Lord, forgive each of us and lead us in a life-changing journey with you, the wonderful counselor, the almighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. It's in your surprising names that we pray. Amen. Thanks, Pastor Joel. 
Uh, every week at Daybreak, we do something that we feel is really important, and that's that we ask each of you to respond to what it is that God spoke to you. And so we have a response card in your program. It looks like this. You can pull it out for just a moment. And there's two ways that we respond. The first way is uh, through a request. And maybe you have a prayer request that has nothing to do with anything we talked about in the service tonight. There's just something going on in your family, uh, something going on in your life personally, and you'd like to put a prayer request on the bottom. You can put your name and if you're new to Daybreak, your information on the front and then just write that prayer request on the back. And this week, we'll literally have hundreds of people praying for you, um, for the need that's going on in your life. We'd love to be able to stand with you and pray for you. The second way that we ask you to respond if you don't have a prayer request is maybe just um, for you to reflect on what it is that God spoke to you. Whether tonight you felt like God was calling you to look up, to not be afraid like he did the shepherds and to say, I, take care, I took care of your sin. And I want you to be in right relationship. I want you to be face-to-face with me. Uh, Or maybe whether God is calling you to follow up and to re-engage on the life-changing journey with Jesus. Or maybe even just to speak up and uh, not be afraid to share what God's doing in your life and how he's changing you. If you have a response, a reflection in some way, and you want to write that on your card, feel free. But let's take these next couple moments and just write down what it is that God has spoken to us tonight. Then you're free to join us and sing.
God is worthy of our worship. And we look up tonight so that we can follow up and speak up and live a life that honors you and live a life that says thank you for all that you've done for us. We give you praise, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask you to take out your candles right now. And uh, two things you need to know about candles in a big room with a lot of people. Number one, hair products are flammable. Number two, if you want to have less wax on you or the person beside you, it's better if the unlit candle tilts over to the lit candle. And then that way the lit candle won't get wax all over the person beside you or all over you. And so just take a moment and do that. As the candles come around, the guys are going to get it started. And when your candle's lit, just feel free to worship along with us. This might be your only moments of silence and worship throughout the Christmas. Let's take these next couple minutes. Let's just worship our God as we light candles and uh, declare Jesus is the light of the world.
Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's Long lay the world in sin and narrow pining Till He appeared and the soul filled its world A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder
this last song. last verse together and raise your candles.
Jesus, Lord, at thy door. Father, we thank you that you saw fit um, before time even began to create a rescue plan, to create a way for each of us that you would send Christ, you would send Jesus, and uh, that he truly would save his people from their sins. Thank you, God. I pray, Lord, you'd bless each heart and each family this Christmas as each of us look up, as each of us follow up and we speak up of the great things that you're at work doing in and through each of us. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can lower your candle and extinguish it, please. All right, before anyone moves, just stay right where you are for a moment. Just a couple of things. First of all, if you would like to be a part of global giving on the way out, don't forget, if you'd like to give that Christmas gifts in in someone's name, you can do that on the right-hand side at Ministry Central as you're on the way out. Secondly, if you're a guest of Daybreak, we'd love it if you would take your response card and you can take it right out to the left and there's a place there called Guest Central. We have a little gift for you. Uh, We want to say thank you for worshiping with us. The rest of you can take your tithes and your offerings and your cards and drop them in the boxes. God bless you all. Have a Merry Christmas.
Thank you.